Hi there, thank you for joining me today on Words of Truth. I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's been happening in our world lately, but it feels like all hell is breaking loose, literally. I was watching the news and everything they reported on was bad news. People in Chicago were enjoying a Remembrance Day parade, and some idiot decided to start shooting people from a rooftop. Can you believe it? The next story was about police who shot and killed a man running from them after he had shot uh, at them from his car. The next story was about another shooting at a mall. Even the story on a hot dog eating contest reported a protester who kind of came out of nowhere and tried to jump the hot dog eating champion. Come on, they were eating hot dogs. And then, of course, was the report on the war in Ukraine few other protests going on. Don't you wonder what it'll take to see any change in our world? Well, my friend, there is hope. And it's called revival. And I know that sounds like a foreign word to us today, but let's talk about that for a minute. What is revival? Well, it means different things to different people, but when I see the term revival, I'm, I'm talking about when people get excited about seeking God, when they yearn for obedience. When they start confessing their sins to God and to one another, and when they begin to experience joy and freedom walking with God, the history of revival shows us that there isn't an exact uh, prescription for revival because it's an act of a sovereign God, and we can't dictate to God when or where revival will occur. I mean, I've been praying for a revival for Canada for years, but haven't seen this kind of move from God as of yet. But I continue to pray that in my lifetime or after, the Lord would send his showers of blessing on people in Canada, the United States, and even the world through revival. The last major revival that happened in Canada was in 1971 in Saskatoon a revival that spread through other parts of Canada as well. In that revival, people were getting right with one another, paying off uh, old debts, confessing to stealing things from their employers and making restitution and holding all-night prayer meetings. Oh, how we long for that kind of spirit-led revival to happen again. But while we can't dictate to God what he is going to do, history shows us that there are some things that happen before and when revival comes, things that seem to be common to all revivals, things that we can begin to do today. First is faithful preaching in churches. In all revivals of the past, preaching of the word of God seems to be a common component. It seems that God often lights the flames of revival when anointed pastors preach the word of God, characterized by a call to total commitment to God, repentance, and a call to live holy lives. Unceasing prayer is another characteristic of revivals. J. Edwin Orr once said that no great spiritual awakening has begun anywhere in the world apart from united prayer. Christians persistently praying for revival. And that not that what the disciples of Christ did when Pentecost happened? You see, revival happens when people with a burden recognize others with a similar burden, and they come together and they begin to pray. 
Unity is another characteristic. In the past, unity has often been the trigger of revival. The Bible talks about the need of believers being united with one another in passages like Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 3, where Paul writes, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, You see, one of the most important callings of the church is to yearn for prayer and for unity and to do everything we can to participate in it. And the Holy Spirit can use those yearnings to trigger revival. And so if you want revival, then do everything you can to be at peace with others. Another characteristic is earnest seeking. Let me explain that. It was David who wrote in Psalm 85, verse 6, Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? His tone is one of desire. You see, he was seeking God with all of his heart, wanting to see God's glory among his people. And an example of that kind of seeking and praying was the young Evan Roberts, whose ministry triggered the Welsh revival. He would often pray, Bend me, O God. Wow, are, are we open enough to whatever it might take for God to be totally in control of our lives? That's a characteristic of revival. But we also need repentance for revival to happen. You see, revival isn't just about a bunch of emotional people running around with tears and dancing, but genuine revival requires genuine repentance. I've heard of people traveling to certain places where they think revival is breaking out. Now, I often wonder if that's true revival. You see, in most revivals, you'll witness people turning from their sin and repentance, returning things they've stolen, making things right with people that they haven't spoken with in years because of some hurt they've experienced and ceasing from certain sins they've been committing. Those are all powerful signs of getting right with God. Another characteristic of revival is effective evangelism. You see, while while revivals usually result in awakening of Christians, they're also accompanied by powerful witness to those outside the church. You see, unbelievers see the power of God at work in revived Christians, and those Christians become bold in their faith and witness and begin sharing their faith with others. And the result is large numbers of people being saved. Revivals often have surprising beginnings. In Wales, for example, a a revival began as a result of a group of young people who were at seminary. They came home from seminary and they began seeking God together, led by Robert Evans, who sensed that he had lost his fire for God. And together, this group of students began a prayer group that became a nationwide movement resulting in about 100,000 people being converted and joining the church. Could that happen in our nation today? Absolutely. Are we willing to pray with that kind of earnestness? Maybe if we did, God would visit us in revival and our country would be healed. In the Hebrides uh, Islands in Scotland, two single housebound ladies in their 80s prayed earnestly for revival. At the same time, in another part of their island, 
Uh, there were seven young men who met regularly to prevail in prayer until revival broke. In South Korea in the early 1900s, God spoke to the leaders of the church and revived them first, which led to a national awakening. So you see, revival doesn't happen just because some well-known energetic Christian personality stands up and calls for revival. But it happens when humble people of no renown, people who are hungering for God, begin to earnestly pray, seeking God with all their heart and allowing God to take full control. And so with everything going on in our world today, let's not lose heart. Let's keep yearning for a great visitation from God. Those seven young people in the Hebrews Islands made Isaiah 62, 6 and 7 their watchword as they prayed for revival. This is what it says. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a, a praise in the earth. And so let's take no rest. And give no rest to God until he sends revival to our land. You see, revival really is the only thing that can bring healing. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.